Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate Pastor Mark Ryan's confidence in me. Every now and then I go, man, that feels like pressure right here. Okay, stand with me if you would and hold your Bibles up high, your phones. Welcome all of you watching online. Pray that somehow this message reaches you wherever you are today. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Starting a new series today entitled, Damaged Goods. I could say you're not damaged, have been damaged throughout our lives, hurt, injured in our soul, some physically have been damaged emotionally, mentally, spiritually, uh, all kinds of issues. In fact, we were born, each and every one of us, damaged. Original sin damaged us and separated us from God. Many people choose in life to remain damaged. In other words, they, they choose to stay where they're at, uh, feeling what they feel, thinking what they think, doing what they do, all in the name of someone hurt me, someone damaged me, I am the way I am because of someone like you. The reality is that we get to choose whether or not we're going to live an overcoming, victorious life or we're going to live a damaged life. You take a person that's uh, come out of prison, served time, uh, it would be very easy, I would think, and uh, to, to think I, I can never live up to what God called me to live up to. Actually, in reality, you may live up to it better than had you not gone. Because there are times that we're put in difficult places that we're damaged, but those are the times that we really can press in and get to know God. And you say, well, yeah, but mankind, society uh, looks at me differently. It really doesn't matter how someone else looks at you. It matters how you look at you and how you believe God looks at you. You don't have to live a life damaged, uh, a life that is constantly uh, looking back at the past, saying these are all the things I've done, and remaining damaged. Going through everything I've gone through, one pastor out of Houston told me, he said, Mark, you don't have to say one more thing about your past. It's your past. It's not somebody else's. He said, you don't have to talk about it anymore. And I try not to, but when I do, the only reason I would is to give God glory and say, you know what? You might have written me off, but God did. Bibles to Isaiah chapter 56, and I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible, and you'll see why in just a moment. But Isaiah is prophesying this incredible word to the people, and, and I believe it's a word in the Bible when sometimes there's a word that was given for a particular time and dispensation, and, and in that moment, it, it was very applicable and on point. How many of you know that the entire Bible is on point, and that when we read it, 
there are times that you read a scripture that you've read a million times, but in a moment, it jumps out at you. It's applicable for where you are today, and that we need that word to strengthen us. It's, it cuts away soul and spirit. It, it divides the good and the bad, the pain and the healing, and, and God uses that. So the word of God applies even today. Some people say, well, that was a word for a group of people back then. No, that's a word for me right now. You know, uh, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is debated by many pastors and parishioners and people of faith. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Well, we know that, when that the, the time frame in which that was written, that, that Jeremiah was addressing a group of people, but if God doesn't show favoritism, what he did for those people, he will do for you. And so that is a word for us. So Isaiah is writing here and it says, God's message Guard my common good. Do what's right and do it in the right way. For salvation is just around the corner. My setting things right is about to go into action. How blessed are you who enter into these things, you men and women who embrace them, who keep Sabbath and don't defile it, who watch your step and don't do anything evil. Make sure no outsider who now follows God ever has occasion to say, God person is ever made to think I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. God says make sure that nobody has that mentality. Some of you have uh, changed over time and maybe you were in high school and you, you didn't make a lot of really good decisions because you didn't have a lot of really good counsel. And you look back at your life and you go, man, I wish I hadn't done all those things. And I wish I hadn't been that person that I was then. And, and, and you, you're looking back at that the damage that was done as a result of those decisions. And if you continue to look back at those things, you will continue to see yourself as the person you were back then. Well, once you come to Christ and once you give your life to him, the Bible says that he separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. That it's no longer to be seen. It's no longer to be talked about. It's done and over. And, and many people will remind you that you're damaged, that, that the things you've done disqualify you for the future that Jesus paid for you to have. And let me just tell you something. God doesn't remember your sin. Now, your uncle does, your mama, your daddy, your aunt, your boss, somebody remembers your sin. And boy, they're really quick to remind you. And let me tell you why. When somebody begins to remind you of your past, it's because they're living in the past Damaged people, damaged people. Hurting people, hurt people. You can always tell when someone's not doing well by how they perceive or judge you where you are today. And they don't get beyond that. It's constantly looking back and reminding you of the things that you've done in the past. And, and that means that they're experiencing some sort of damage or they wouldn't be talking about your damaged past. So on this table up here, obviously, are a few items just to make a point. Now, I kind of like pears with no, no sugar added. Now, I know these are not the fresh produce kind, okay? But they are convenient, and they help me make a point today. Now, this can is damaged. It's beat up. You can see it's dented. It's flawed. Now, this can's perfect in every way. It's just like, like it was made, uh, and it's good. Now, I don't know how many of you 
ever shopped, and men, you probably never have. We're not really that, that great at shopping, but I, I've gotten good at it a little bit. Now, they're exactly the same. So if you judge the pears by the can, you would say this is, these are bad pears. The reality is these pears in the damaged can are just as good as the pears in the can that's not damaged. It's not the can, it's the content. Now, some of us are dinged up a little bit, but on the inside, we've been made new. We've been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, you can go walk around looking at your life, and even some of you, uh, I had a, a friend in high school, we were in shop class, doing things. Well, he was at home skipping school, and he was using a table saw, and uh, it kind of, the wood got away from him, and it cut off his finger. J.C. learned a lesson that day, don't skip school and use a table saw. If you're going to skip, go golfing, make a hole in one, who cares? But it damaged him, but it didn't change him. He was the same friend that I'd always had, just a little different. Sometimes we focus not on someone's heart and someone's life, and, but we, we focus strictly on actions. Now, certainly God's called us to manage the content of our hearts and to make sure that we're honest and truthful and, and that we repent and that those are all a part of every one of our lives because the reality is when you get born again, the old things are passed away and Second Corinthians says the new has come. Now, the very first thing we have to look at is that what I call the after, which is that, that place or the before, which is the place that you're born into. It's, it's damaged uh, dumbness, if you will. We don't even know we're damaged. We just, we behave the way we behave. We continue to do the things we've done without recognizing that maybe your parents, you were brought up in a home filled with fear. Maybe you were brought up in a home that was abusive. Maybe you were brought up in a home that was critical, or maybe your family gossiped and all of those things. So what's have to do with this? You're damaged if you've been in those things. Now, I have a wonderful mom and dad, but I grew up in an incredible uh, a home with that, that possessed incredible fear. And, and I, it doesn't pain me to say that anymore. And, and, and I've, I talked to my, my mom and dad, my dad before he passed, and my mom before she had dementia. I just said, you know what? What caused this? And, of course, they were kind of on the outside of the Great Depression, and, and they saw their families lose everything. And as a result of that, it damaged how they thought. It Saul growing up. It damaged their soul. And oftentimes, without realizing it, we respond to life and circumstances the way our parents did, without even realizing it. It's by default. It's, it's like you, you just don't even have it, you, you don't even realize it. And, and for me, it took me a long time, uh, almost 30 years old, to realize I was responding to life exactly how my parents responded to life and that it didn't fit me it felt uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out why it felt uncomfortable until I had a breakdown and I realized that I would have a breakdown the rest of my life if I didn't change the way I thought about myself the way I thought about our family the way I thought about our lives I had to change the way I think and I still have to do that every day I have to change my thought processes so uh, it, it's important that we realize that we were first born damaged. 
Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, separated from God, and, and, and let it all begin at that point. Cain kills his brother Abel, so we see in the Bible the damages that began as a result of being separated from God. And so when you and I were born, we were all damaged because of our DNA. That means that we have to, at some point in our life, address our sin nature, that which was born in us. Otherwise, we will live the rest of our lives, if not all of our lives, feeling like victims. Nothing good ever happens to us. Our crooks. You think I'm kidding you? Those are the words I heard. Well, they're doing something illegal. They're doing something wrong. And so what we did, we were damaged without realizing we were damaged because everybody in our world was damaged. And so we were just a bunch of damaged people. We should have had a damaged small group have done to us and we could all come together and talk about all the bad things people have done to us all the reasons we are where we are why we don't have what we everybody else has why we don't have any peace why we don't have money why we don't, and we start looking at everybody else when you're looking outside at everybody else it's a reflection that you must be damaged because you're looking for somebody else with a dent in their life how many of you have ever heard somebody say, yeah, I've made mistakes, but none like yours? Yeah, because yeah, we've all heard that. Well, you know, my sin's not as big as yours. My dent's not as big as yours. I'm not as damaged as you. I just got a scratch on my car. You took out the whole rear quarter panel. Look at you. And so what happens in our lives is in order for us to feel better, instead of changing the way we think to feel better about ourselves, we look around for other people who are damaged more than we are. I never went to prison, but I can promise you I probably should have. I'm just being honest with you. Or at least I should have gone to county at something when I was growing up. I remember terrorizing a a park when, when I was about 17 years old. I hope the statute of limitations, Jesse, is okay because I just admitted something here. <laughs> I was young and dumb without any direction. I was pretty much on my own at 16 years old. You don't, how many of you have 16 year olds? Dear God, they can barely pick up their room, much less make it in society. And I was pretty much on my own at 16, making my own decisions, making my own living, buying my own clothes. It's a bad decision. My food, I had a place to sleep, and that was about it. And so I made a lot of mistakes, bad decisions. And, and so if, if I'm not careful, it'd be easy for me to say, well, I'm not telling anybody about that. I tell everybody because I just don't care. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. The cross took care of it. And I don't share it in, in, from a damaged platform. I share it to say God took the dents out. God started the first paintless dent removal company. He said, I'll pop it out. I don't have to redo it. I'll just pop it out. But I had to wake up one day and go, I did those things. Somebody else's damage and somebody else's sins no worse than mine. And yet we look at people in order to minimize the ding in our door. We find somebody with a big dent in their quarter panel. When I was in high school, I worked for Safeway. And 
I remember having to pull stuff. We would pull stuff off the shelves that was damaged, that were damaged. And, and it was always funny to me that we would put them in a cart and we'd put a sign on there, discount damaged goods. Now, you know, looking back on that, I thought, why would we do that? Because there's something about what we see that changes our perception of what really is. Now, the smart people, this is really, now I'm going to give you some convict stuff here, right here. If you really, back in the day, wanted to do something right, just go to the grocery store and just go down the aisles beating canned goods up. Come back tomorrow when they put them in the basket and you get a discount. I'm sorry, Jesse, I ain't helping your cause, am I? Jesse's in prisons dealing with people who tell you what I'm telling you. Now, I'm only telling you this because <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, Jesus, help us. You'll get your turn. Redeem me. But <laughs> you see how we think. Our visual says, because this is dented, it's not as good as this. And that may you say, well, I've been divorced three times. I'm not as good as the family has been married 40 years. Yet, I mean, back in my day, nobody ever got divorced. It was, I mean, they hated each other. I'm surprised there were not more killings in the 50s and 60s. Because they were stuck together. Can you imagine that? Stuck. You can't get a divorce. You can't make it on your own. And it'll be, you know, it'll be a, a scar. It'll be a mark on your life. You'll be damaged forever. But you could see them when they got older and one of them died. They, at the funeral, they weren't crying. They were smiling. Now I get to do everything I wanted to do, fool. And you know I'm telling the truth. Some of you are going, he's talking about my mom and dad right now. But we are damaged oftentimes just, just because of our origin, our birth. And then, then we have that, that space between damaged and healed. And, and all of a sudden, we wake up one day and we go, you know what? I'm damaged. I have a damaged soul. I, the way I think is not right. I get happy when, when somebody gets hurt. I get happy when somebody gets down. I get happy when somebody loses their house. I get happy, happy, happy. You know you're damaged when you get happy about the things God does not get happy about. When you are happy about the things God is not happy about, it is a reflection that you have a dent or a bruise in your soul that doesn't allow you to empathize with people who are hurting. Some people have decided not to even try to serve the Lord because they say, I've just done too many things. You've heard that, Jesse, haven't you? I've done too many bad things. There's no way God could love me. There's no way God would accept me. I've just done too many bad things. I, 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 can't, I can't even imagine that God would, would love me. You need to imagine that God loves you. You need to begin to see it that way. I used to have a custom-built chopper. And it, it was beautiful. It had extended forks. It, it was built here in Oklahoma, custom paint, everything. And it, it was just so hard to ride. It had no shocks. You, I mean, you, you, your spine, I know your spine, every time it heard the pipes, it just went, the spine went, oh, this is not going to be good. 
And so I, I got tired of writing it because it was just so hard. And Oklahoma roads are not the best. Would we all agree? It's like, where did that pothole come from? And it's been there for 10 years. Anyway, so I said, what do you have? And he said, I, I could trade you. So I, he, I traded him out and got another bike. And, and um, so over, over time, I was enjoying my ride. It was cush, man. My new one was just like, yeah, this is, this is it. I think it's a reflection of my age. Because when you're like 18 or 19, you know, you, the loud pipes, it looks great. You're suffering. It's a hard ride, but you look cool. When you're old, you just look like an idiot on one of those. Hey, look, look at that old guy. He has no nerve endings left. And so over time, I asked my friend who owned the dealership, I said, what, did you ever sell my chopper? He said, yeah, we did. He said, you're not going to believe who we sold it to. I said, what? He said, we sold it to a war veteran who had one arm. I said, I think we're breaking up, like communication-wise, not like, you know. Anyway, so I said, what? He said, we had to retrofit it. He said, you know, we, we had to put a, a clutch on his good hand, had the brake on. He didn't have a hand brake because he only had one hand, so he clutched it and rode it with one. Now, this thing was heavy. Here's what I'm saying. He was damaged. But evidently, nobody told him he was damaged or he decided that my damages are not going to keep me from what I want. And my friend Ricky said, I was as shocked watching it as you are hearing it. When I saw him pull out of our dealership and, and shift it and ride it down the road, he said it was nothing short of amazing. Oftentimes, rather than fighting through the damages, facing them and addressing them, we embrace them. And we use them the rest of our lives as excuses for disobeying God. Now, when I decided to do this, you know, I just didn't need to preach anymore. And really, this message came from one of my best friends in June of 2014. Probably the worst time anybody could have said these words to me. And he's a dear friend of mine. We've been friends for 25 years. And I don't know whether he had a stupid moment or God used him. I'm not sure which still to this day. But he said, you will always be damaged goods. And you know, I'm just stubborn and I went in my mind I went I refuse to accept that I refuse to accept that some of you've heard that uh, from your ex-spouse you'll never amount to anything you're damaged no the next person to get you is going to get the person of their dreams you're not damaged goods you're damaged good that which the devil meant for harm, God turns for good. I just say, I'm not damaged good. I was just damaged good enough that I realized 
that the devil wanted to kill me. I am so honored and privileged that he wanted to kill me. That means that I was a threat to him. It means I'm still a threat. He hit it. It just pops right back up. Did you ever have one of those? You remember that? Sand in the bottom, and it was shaped like a... Violence took place in the 50s and the 60s. My parents bought me one, and I would hit that clown, and every time I did, it just popped back up, and a stupid smile on its face, too, which even made it more irritating. Why would anybody do that? I hit you as hard as I could, and you're back up smiling at me, and you just... I'm sorry, Jesse. I don't think this is going to preach good behind walls, is it? That's what I'm going to do. I keep hitting her. She pops back up. That's what I'm going to do. It's Labor Day weekend, man. I'm trying to get my game on here. It's like... Well, I probably ought to move on. I can tell Jesse's dying over here. I wish I had a camera on you right now. If it was possible to see your red, you'd be red right now. Jesse and I had the same father. We just have a different mother. But the reality is that every day we all have to wake up to address the damages of yesterday in the past. And when I say address them, I mean look at them and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. I'm a righteous man. I'll rise up today. I'm not going to let what happened in the past keep me from what God wants to do in my future. And we have to address those things instead of embrace those things. I had to get honest with me. And the hardest thing you will ever do is not get honest with somebody else. The hardest thing you'll ever do is get honest with you. I had to look and I finally faced the deficiencies, the damages in my life. That some were a result of being born. Some were a result of what people said about me or what I heard. And, you know, sticks and stones may break your bones. Words will never hurt you. Words will crush you. And so when somebody speaks those things over your life, it damages you. And, and so you spend the rest of your life trying to cover up those damages. And one of the ways we do that is through intimidation. I used to do this all the time. If you got louder, I'm going to get louder than you. And if I can't manipulate you, I'm going to intimidate you. That's a sign of someone who's damaged and has not addressed the damage in their soul. That you constantly have to find something wrong in somebody else. Realized, I'm like the Apostle Paul. What an honor that I'm the worst of all sinners. You say, well, how can you say that every day? Because it's real easy. When I am weak, he is strong. When I cry out to him, he draws near to me because I've drawn near to him. You don't address the damages by being angry and pointing out everybody else's damages. You address your damages and get over them by looking in the mirror and saying, I know who you are. 
You've been bought with a price. And even though you might be damaged, some say, I have set you free and I've made the old things go away and I've brought the new things into your life. But we have to address them or we will hang on to them. Whenever two people meet, there are really eight people present. Now, this sounds like a schizophrenic convention, but listen to this. You liked that, didn't you? Front row is doing me good today. There is, each, there is each man as he sees himself, each man as the other person sees him, and each man as he really is, and the person that we are becoming. So each person, which one of those people we really are? I'm dinged up, I'm damaged, but I'm not going to let it keep me from God's will because I know what's in me. I know what Jesus paid for. I know the price that was paid for me to do what I do. We'll never be perfect, and you can be sure that there will be people that make you aware of that, that we will never be perfect. But we should always be real and honest with ourselves. The old nature knows no law. The new nature needs no law. Why? Because the new nature pursues God. The old nature is constantly having to adhere to the law. You know what you're supposed to do when somebody's mean to you. You're supposed to forgive. And when you don't, it puts a dent in your soul. When someone says something mean to you, it's human nature to say something mean back. Damages your soul, damages their soul. The goal and objective is to try to bring healing and resolve to a situation without damaging someone in the midst of that situation. And everybody has a perspective. But what we have to realize is that we can do our own heart check and we can determine whether we're speaking from the platform of damage or we're speaking from the platform of deliverance. I can honestly say that it's never my heart. It's rarely my heart. That I would want anyone to suffer, even if they made me suffer. Because there's no victory in that. And everybody gets hurt. And so it's very, very important that we look at redemption and not the damaged soul that once was. The future is bright, but you have to turn, turn toward the brightness. You have to turn toward it. You probably maybe heard in your life at some point, you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. These are some really good country sayings. <laughs> you're not the sharpest tool in the shed. 
you're in the 20% of the class that makes the upper 80% possible. Even if those things are said about us, we get to choose how they land on us. Now, I definitely was not in the upper level of the class. I, I wasn't even a candidate for any valedictorian, salutorian, anything, nothing. And it could have been easily thought, going to the school I went to, that nothing good would ever happen to my life or in my life. But there was something inside me that cried out for more. And when you cry out to God, God hears your cry. So quit crying about what's happened to you and start crying out to God who has a lot of things he wants to happen for you. And watch and see because what God will do is change what's on the inside. And he'll renew your mind and heal your heart. And the damages that you have incurred throughout your life. And PTSD is a very real thing. And so many people experience it. Not just war veterans. But now we're finding there are so many different things that cause it. That, But I've watched people. And I've known it's very difficult to get over. But I've watched people. And I've known people on both sides of it. Damaged. And... We have to believe God. We have to trust God. And, but more even after that, as important is that we have to not just trust God, but trust God with the damages in our lives. Had a friend uh, one time that had been uh, molested at a very young age. And uh, when I found out, I said, well, you need to, you know, who have you told? And they said, well, I haven't told anybody. And you could tell they had anxiety attacks and, and they were regularly, I don't want to uh, panic, I don't want them to know. And I said, you're living in misery and darkness, embracing the damage that someone inflicted on you. And you will live in shame because you've embraced it instead of confronted it. There are things in our lives that we can overcome the damages by addressing them in a redemptive way. It's very, very important to be healed and whole, not for everybody else's sake, though that's wonderful, but for your own sake of living a life of peace. Every one of us want to. But today, I want to encourage you. A thousand voices clamor for our attention and a thousand causes vie for our support but until we have learned to be satisfied with fellowship with God until he is our rock and our fortress we will be restless with our place in the world he is the rock upon which we stand he takes damaged goods and he makes them new today you don't have to live the rest of your life feeling like you're less than your brother has done well, married 35 years, your sister the same, they have the same job, a good retirement plan, you're the black sheep of the family, and, and you've been told that, and you've believed it. And as a result of that, you're waiting on everybody else to come and tell you it's not true. 
and they probably never will. But Jesus came to tell you it's not true. So you, you run to him. Hold on to his words. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're created in the image and likeness of God. And that whatever problem or dent or damage or ding that you have, that scar will turn into a star if you allow it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, for fixing our lives and taking us, repairing us who are struggling with the damages of their past, afraid to face them, confront them, address them. They've just embraced them and said, I'm used to this and I'm accustomed to this and it's comfortable. Lord, I pray today for freedom. With heads bowed and eyes closed, all of this begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It begins when you start crying out to Him instead of crying yourself to sleep every night. There is nothing that you've done that Jesus did not pay for. So I want to pray a prayer for those of you that have not given your life to Christ or you've walked away from Him, you've distanced yourself, maybe you served Him at one point, you went through a rough season, and rather than defining yourself by the blood of Jesus, you have defined yourself by that season or you have been defined by that season, today it's a new season. And today, you can make things right with God. He's already made things right with you. And we just have to look to Him and say, God, fix my damaged soul. I trust you today. I want all of you here sending your only son, those of you watching online, say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you, and I repent of my sin. I call you my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Amen.